Okay, so National have rolled out what they say will help the gang problem in New Zealand. So they're talking about cracking down on gang insignia, both publicly and online, and gang gatherings. Uh, they're talking about police dispersal notices to disrupt public gatherings of suspected gang members. Uh, there are critics, though, saying that, one, we've tried this before and it didn't work. Uh, also, that the focus seems to be on making headlines, that it's populist, that the measures won't be effective. So to discuss this, uh, we are now joined by National's Police Spokesperson, Mark Mitchell. Mark, thanks so much for your time. Good afternoon. Oh, good to be on the show, Tim. Thanks for having me. G'day, uh, Mark. Now, let's start with that last criticism first, that it's it's obviously got the headlines, everyone's talking about it, but is it actually going to be effective? Well, we think it will be very effective, and um, we've studied the uh, Western Australian laws that were passed over there in response to exactly the same issue as a, a rise in gang numbers, um, gang members willing to use more violence and carrying firearms, um, a rise in firearms, firearm-related incidents, and... The legislation seems to be working and we think that it'll fit well with us and it'll give the police some really strong new tools that they can use to try and get on top of the problem that we saw, that we see sort of um, perpetrating itself just about on a daily basis at the moment. One of the things is with uh, the states that have enacted laws like these, it's driven gangs uh, to a, a different state. So they've solved their own problem. But gangs can't exactly go from state to state here, are they? They're stuck in New Zealand. So what do you, what's your answer to that? No, that, that is true, but um, but the one thing that these laws have shown is that it, it disrupts and it puts enormous pressure on them. And ultimately, we want gang members to leave gangs, especially those with families. We don't want we want to break that intergenerational um, gang family sort of uh, membership because that's um, that drives a lot of the social issues that we have. So, you know, we'd rather use a carrot and try and get them to leave the gangs, but actually providing the stick for the police is really important as well because uh, we can see certainly in Auckland in the last three weeks you know, more than 23 drive-by shootings. And by the way, these gang members are shooting into houses that have got kids in them. And, uh, you know, it's just it's some, you know, we've had luck on our side in the fact that we haven't seen an innocent member of the public or a child um, seriously injured or killed with one of these drive-by shootings. That's what do you make stop. of former National MP Chester Burrows? He introduced a bill that banned gang patches in Whanganui. 13 years on, he says that that was futile. Um, ultimately ineffective? Look, at the end of the day, I introduced a, um, a, a, gang, a, a, a bill that banged gang patches in government buildings, schools, um, hospitals, etc. I took that through um, Parliament six years ago. It's been very effective. The police have used it, um, and we think that a, a, a general banning in public places, I think the public are in that space now, there's, there's only one reason why gang members wear patches and, and display their insignia, and that is quite simply to intimidate people and remind them that they're a group that's actually willing to use violence. What do you say to the free speech and the civil libertarian arguments that you know people should be able to express themselves, wear what they want, and congregate as they want? Um, are you expecting that these laws are going to be enforceable? No, I totally agree that people should be able to express themselves the way that they want, but but I'm sorry, but gang members that actually earn a patch because they've committed violent crime against our community um, and, and want to display, put that on display with the sole purpose of intimidating and creating fear, no, we're not going to support that, and actually it's time for those to go. There's been criticism that there'd be a legal minefield, so anything that promotes gangs is illegal, but what if there's a documentary about gangs that interviewed gang members? About a doc well, there's there are caveats. So um, you know, anyone that's doing a uh, educational documentary um, around gang members, you know, that they're able to do that. 
Um, but for gang members, just in a general rule, is coming out, walking through the local mall, through the local shopping centre, uh, turning up to um, you know a public place with a gang patch on. When they do that, it's it's quite simply a show of force, and it's designed to intimidate people and create fear. And we've said enough's enough, and that's just one of the four measures that we've introduced to give the police the tools to say, no, you won't be out. I mean, look at the example last week where we had a gang some sort of gang uh, altercation in the Hawke's Bay on a children's playground where a little three-year-old um, kid was actually punched in the face. Uh, you know, it's, enough is enough. We've seen over the last four years a massive growing growth in gang numbers, over 40%. Um, you know, they're, they're, more, they're, more, they're better funded, um, they're better organised, they're, they're more violent, they're, they're carrying firearms and they're willing yeah. to use them. And actually our tools need strong, our police need strong tools to deal with that. What about the whole, um, in a way, when the gangs are wearing their patches, at least they're labelling themselves, are you worried that you're going to sort of push push them underground? What's, what's your understanding on how that's going to work? Well, I'm hoping that this legislation will help the police to put that much pressure on them that we're not going to see them. They're not going to be visible in public. Um, I hope that they're not taking over public um, uh, roads and public spaces and, and abusing and assaulting members of the public. So if, if it means that they're not visible in our communities, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. So you talked about the gangs being better funded. You're quite right with the 501 situation. Will police be yeah. better funded under a national government? Absolutely. Well, full commitment to make sure that we fund our police to allow them to get out and do the job that they want to do. And every single police officer that joins, in my experience, does it because they want to protect uh, the community that they live in. So that's an increase in so, funding? Well, we're not in government yet. When we are, we'll look at what the funding requirements are going to be, what the staffing levels are going to be. We'll have access to all the information, the advice that you have in government that we don't have in opposition. But I can promise you that our police are going to be well-funded and they'll be funded well enough to be able to go out there and actually do their job. What about warrantless searches? Um, the, are, 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 are you going to run across some legal difficulties with just the idea that anyone's a gang member we can search any time, or what are you planning? Well, well, under our legislation, they have to have what's called a firearms prohibition order against them, and the police can lay one of those on a, on, a, on a known gang member that's had a serious conviction in the last 10 years, and if they've got an FPO, our legislation that from that point forward allows the police to be able to stop and search them, st- stop and search the vehicle that they're in or the premise that they're in um, to establish whether or not they have a firearm. The current legislation that's going through government doesn't give them that power, so it's it's basically worthless. It's a, it's they, because they can't enforce the actual um, prohibition order. Just a scene that we've seen on our televisions with, uh, say, like the when they all jump on their bikes and they all decide to parade around, you know, Oriental Parade or Tamaki Drive. Realistically, those are the sorts of gatherings that the public find pretty distasteful. But you'd need a massive amount of human resource to stop that sort of stuff. Do you envisage making a difference to those sorts of displays of unity? You know, a thousand bikies on the motorway. What are you going to do? And for a tonguey, for example. Yeah. Well, you know, well, I agree with you, but I think the first question we have to ask ourselves as a country is that are we just going to pull our throw hands up and give up and say, are we going to tolerate gangs coming out in force, op- uh, you know, operating with impunity and taking over public roads and, and scaring members of the public? So my simple answer to that, in our opinion, is no, we shouldn't be accepting that. And therefore, we need to give the police the, the powers that they need to be able to disrupt them and stop them from doing that. So initially it may need uh, more manpower and and, uh, and a greater focus to actually start to get in and disrupt the gangs. But I think in the longer term, the gangs will work out very quickly that they don't want to have a dispersal notice, that they actually don't want to risk 
going to jail, that they um, that they don't want to have to avoid seeing each other for a seven-day period, and I think that it will be effective, and I think that it will work. Um, because you're, you're right, the public don't want to see gangs taking over public spaces anymore. So a program was launched in February last year specifically to tackle gang issues called Operation Tofiro. Uh, since that began, over 700 warrantless searches have happened. It appeared, though, that Luxon was completely unaware that warrantless searches already do take place. What was your read on that? Well, when we say warrantless searches, those searches under the Search and Surveillance Act uh, most of them are Section 18. So when we say warrantless, they still have to meet a threshold. The police still have to have a threshold to actually um, uh, you know, undertake that search. And Operation Telfero was a smoke and mirrors type operation. There was no real additional staff. It was quite simply frontline police were told if they had any contact with a police gang member, if they, if they executed a search warrant or recovered a firearm under their normal general duties, then that was be recorded against Operation Telfero. Frontline police contacted me on it. They felt very uncomfortable and they felt like the public had been deceived because it had been um, touted by the government as being a, a robust, substantive response to the gangs. It actually wasn't. But yes, they are able to take. Um, they are able. They are able to undertake a warrantless search. But when we say warrantless, there is a threshold that has to be met yeah. um, around reasonableness. Reasonableness. And what we're saying with our firearms um, prohibition order is that the FPO, if, if a gang member has an FPO order against them, that is the standard. The minute they have that FPO order against them, it then entitles the police to be able to stop them and search them wherever they find them or, or wherever they are. Do you, look, there's a lot of politics at play with uh, with crime. Is it, It's an ongoing issue. Every election, people will be asking what a party's stance on crime is. But putting the politics to one side, well, is it possible? Do you think the government might actually ad- adopt any of your ideas? I hope they do because, you know, and putting the politics aside, the, the reason why we're in this position is because we have seen the gangs get to the state that they're in now. And I think we all wish as Kiwis that we didn't have to bring out um, tougher laws to deal with gangs. But the reality is we find ourselves in this position now as a country and we, and we believe anyway there's got to be a strong response to get on top of it. Um, but we hope that we, we'd like to work with the government. We've, offered, we've said to the government, look, let's pass this legislation. Um, let's get it in place. But we'll have to wait and see what the response to that is. Okay, so what about the firearms prohibition orders? Uh, again, Luxon complained that these haven't been passed. But National talked about that for years when they were in government and said that they'd be done by 2016, but didn't actually put up a bill. There is currently one at select committee. So what's going to happen with that? Yes, in our last term of government, we did have problems with passing some legislation because we didn't have a majority like the current government has and we had to work with other partners. Um, so we couldn't always get things passed. But what we did do in opposition is we put two firearms prohibition orders into the ballot. They were both drawn and they were both voted down by um, Labor. We asked Labor to bring their own bill to the House four years ago. They finally have got it in the House. It's in front of Select Committee now. The problem with it is it's too weak, and both us and the Police Association have come out and said, if you pass it in its current current form, then it's basically a waste of time because the police haven't got the search powers that they need to make it effective. One last quick question uh, regarding the 501s, new Prime Minister in Australia. If National was in power, is there anything you'd say to Albanese about the 501s? We would lobby him. We would also lobby him to say, look, you know, this, the 501 policy is a bad policy. Um, I know that they're, they're a sovereign country and they're acting in their best interests. I totally get that. But when you're sending people back to a country that they've got no connection with whatsoever, then really you're just setting you're setting them up for failure and you're setting us up for failure as well. 
Well, thank you so much for your time. That is Mark Mitchell, Nationals Police Spokesperson. Enjoy your Sunday afternoon. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No worries at all. Bye-bye. And, and, you know, this is one of those things that we all want the same thing, obviously. We all want there to be a, a reduction in the problems that gangs cause in New Zealand. So we'd love to hear from you on 0800 80 10 80. You can text as well on 9292. We're going to go head-to-head. Are the proposals that National put forward, are they the right way to tackle gangs? Uh, what do you think? We'd love to hear from you, and we'll take some calls right after this. It's 322 Politics Central on News Talk ZB.